Namaskar friends, Kushi here. I hope all are well as we are now very deep into 2021. This year is going very strong, very fast, so I hope you take the care and time to remember all of the lessons you've learned during the era of COVID and hold fast to your patience, to your wisdom of the law of impermanence. Things are changing all the time here. Right now I'm talking to you from the Himalayas. Of course, as you know, it's been a rough ride in India and we have lost many, many people including those close to me so the realities are still very present for humanity and nature still has many lessons to teach us so please stay with wisdom rather than ignorance I wanted to thank all of you for all of your support kindness messages of the podcast you know for the last few months I've taken a little bit of a break to work on other things and I've been really setting up this e-learning portal, which has all of my free content, all of my membership content, all of my e-courses, and everything comes with its own mobile app for both Android and iOS. So you can join as a free member, gain access to all free classes that I have on there, or join up you know, one of the e-courses on Ayurveda or the chakras or deepening your meditation practice or even come and be a part of the Kush Yoga library where I have almost 100 classes loaded on there. So I'm excited about it. And June 21st, International Yoga Day, there will be a brand new Yoga Sutra library, a reference library for free for members, right? So you can access the translation, transliteration, and Sanskrit of the sutra starting with chapter one, right? And I'll load the chapters as we go on. So easy to use as a great reference for deep and dedicated students of yoga. So if you are interested in becoming a member, go ahead and visit kushyoga, K-H-U-S-H-Y-O-G-A dot gurukan, G-U-R-U-C-A-N dot com. Now, getting to episode four. Wow, I'm very excited about this episode. I have my first guest, Yearn Materne. Yearn is much more than a friend to me. He is my brother, right? When we talk about people who we remember across lifetimes, he's definitely one of those people to me. I met Yearn when I served the pilgrimage that Yearn was running, right? Taking meditators along the path of the Buddha for 28 days. Once I served the pilgrimage once to help him out, I decided to do it every single year since. And it's been one of the best services I've given in my lifetime, right? So much about deepening one's practice, to make a decision to go on a pilgrimage, to spend the time moment by moment trying to practice amidst so much change within and without and to learn and establish oneself in wisdom each and every moment, right? The power of pilgrimage is immense. Yearn has been a guide for 20 years, over 20 years, and has been specifically guiding pilgrimages for the last 10 years. I really hope that you 
get really inspired by his words and by our conversations so that when things are safe and do eventually open up that you might think about hmm if i were to take a pilgrimage where would i go right and what would i do what does that mean in the modern day to be on pilgrimage so please enjoy this episode and do take care bye bye Namaskar friends and welcome to Atha Yoga Anushasanam. This podcast is devoted to bringing the ancient teachings of yoga to the wild and weird world of the modern 21st century. It may seem as though we are flying blind, but luckily we have a road map in the form of the Vedas, Upanishads, sutras and tantras that can help us navigate amidst the changing tides of life. We'll be addressing a range of topics related to yoga from philosophy to practice to lifestyle and ayurveda and of course to current situations and how we can approach them with yogic thought speech and action For more information and questions visit www.pushyoga.com that's k h u s h y o g a I'm your host Kushi Malhotra so come on let's take a look and see what's going on Okay, namaskar friends. Welcome to Atha Yoga Anushasanam. Today I have a very special guest, my dear brother Yarn Materne, who's going to share about his heart, you know, the essence of what he does and how he serves in this world and that is bringing people on pilgrimage. So Yarn, welcome to the podcast. So happy you're here. Thank you Kushi, thank you for having me here. I'm very happy to be here and seeing you again. You know, it's um this is one of the topics we've been talking about for quite a while wanting to do this podcast together to share with people, you know, what is a pilgrimage and how can we embody the spirit of a pilgrim in our spiritual practice whether that be in yoga or if we're in a meditation tradition what does that mean to be a pilgrim but first i want to ask you about how it is that you found yourself here as a pilgrimage guide guiding people on the buddhist circuit around the path or along the path of the buddha and how it is that you ended up having such a wonderful service yes uh, my life was searching searching for the essence of uh, what's it all about and that made me traveling all around the world for years and years and years with my backpack and later on I took a motorcycle was traveling all over the world from germany to india four times and searching and i didn't even know what i'm searching for and um so sooner or later i came in contact with different people who who were 
on the same search and going into some spiritual practice and doing meditation and trying to find something which is not visible and outside, but starting a journey to inside. So that made me trying the one or the other practice. And I really started in India. It is really like a fairy tale kind of. And uh, I came in touch with a meditation practice called Vipassana. And uh, it is um, an inside meditation which leads back to the Siddhartha Gautama Buddha who lived in India. And that made me uh, at some point wanting to see where he spent his life and what he was teaching and how the places are looking like. And this was touching me so deeply and I was so inspired by the vibrancy and the vibrations which I could still experience uh, that I traveled um, through to different places in India related to the Buddha, related to other saint, saintly person, holy people in the Himalayas. And that made me, uh, yeah, gaining deeper understanding and talking about it to other people, about these places, about a pilgrimage, about visiting places where the Buddha spent his life and taught. Uh, was um, attracting others so that I could uh, bring other um, practitioners or, or friends, first of all, who were interested in such yeah, places and in the stories. Um, and I, I took friends, first of all, along different pilgrimage routes in northern India and Nepal. And uh, more and more requests were coming and uh, more and more pilgrimages or journeys or tours were starting related to a spiritual um, context, always a spiritual context involved. And uh, it, I became more and more professional on how to do this. How can I lead people that they gain the maximum benefits out of it and uh, uh, yeah at the end I was a professional um, I was um, I am a professional pilgrimage guide taking one along the path it's so nice to hear your story I mean I've heard it so many times and I know all the little details that fill in but I'm just imagining someone listening and imagining how does someone end up in a position like this or how does someone even end up taking a pilgrimage I remember when I was serving on a vipassana retreat and someone had just finished your pilgrimage and they were so excited, so vibrant, so much sharing coming out of them about their practice and what they had gained and learned. And that their energy attracted me. And that was what caused me to reach out to you and want to be a part of this, really what I feel is like a magical journey. It's, it's something very unique and very few, few, few people get to experience 
you know, what is a pilgrimage? So for those of you who are listening and maybe in this lifetime, you have the opportunity or you don't have the opportunity, but at least planting the seed and beginning to understand what it means to take a pilgrimage. So you're, what exactly is a pilgrimage and what is a pilgrim, one who walks the path of a pilgrimage? Um, what is a pilgrimage? A pilgrimage is a is an outer and moreover an inner journey on the footsteps of a mostly a saintly person, a holy person, and you are for some reason we can come back to this uh, a little later. You are inspired to follow the footsteps to see where one where this person in my case it's the buddha or other tibetan masters where do they spend their lives and what did they teach and um and then it is about the participant what are you looking for when you come on a pilgrimage what is your intention uh, what makes you a pilgrim, you were asking, it is, uh, it is a very important question because it is about your personal individual mind setting and your personal individual intention, which will give you the maximum benefits. As clearer you are why you are going on a pilgrimage, what makes you a pilgrim, I will help you with this. Uh, letting you know how you become a pilgrim because the ideas of people from western countries are a little bit vague uh, even though they came and they came all the way let's say from the u.s to india which is half around the world the idea is not really clear why they came and what is a pilgrim so i'm helping you and um, trying to find and um, awaken your, your motivations and inspirations and getting your mental qualities at the right place so that, so that you can maximum benefit from the places you are going to visit to connect with the places. This makes you a real pilgrim not stepping over the surface with open eyes and clicking as many photos as possible. This can be one part, but the more important part is that you connect with the places, that you connect with the teacher who taught on these places, that you feel it deeply within yourself what was shared on such places why those masters went to these valleys sit down what were they practicing and you do the same you keep you you follow their pointings and you keep on practicing on such places let's say where the buddha became where siddhartha gotama became a buddha where he was enlightened or where he set in motion the wheel of dhamma or where he was born or finally passing into nibbana these places are so strong and so supportive if you open your mind and if you become a real pilgrim with the right qualities, with the right intentions, you get so many benefits out of it. It is so inspiring for your personal process and 
spiritual path. It is so um, motivating you to go this path, which is, which is not um, easy all the time. You know the challenges of practicing in daily life at home. It gets such a boost of, of motivation and energy after the pilgrimage. And that's why you saw a friend or another meditator in the meditation center or where you met your friend seeing so happy and inspired and, and, and shiny because it is a deep inspiration. That's the main, in my opinion, the main benefit and, and a gift. It is the inspiration for your personal practice and daily life due to a deeper understanding of what are you practicing and uh, where did it come from and who was teaching it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I can, you know, this, this essence of your inspiration or your motivation is so important. And when I first came to, let's say like the Himalaya, I was, you know, so focused on, you know, the, the master yogi Swami Rama and so much absorbing his teachings and drawing me to this place. I couldn't not come here. I didn't know why or what, and I didn't have it perfectly examined within myself. What is my motivation? Why am I coming here? But there was an inner urge that I couldn't deny. Right. And that inner urge that I couldn't deny has now it's been nine, 10 years and I'm still coming back to this girl region of the Himalayas. But then, you know, after being more specific, learning from you, understanding how to create this motivation, how to help others, guide others on the path towards their own, you know, getting this this sense of deep respect for where the teachings came from. I think that's an important part of it to pay respect to these masters, to pay respect to the teachings, to pay respect to the land, all of these things. That is the reason why we're still practicing. And the continuous effort of people going, pilgrims going over thousands of years to the sites also builds and increases the energy there. And you know, I remember the first time I went to Bodh Gaya with you and I sat underneath the Bodhi tree where the Gautama was enlightened, Siddhartha Gautama was enlightened and closing my eyes for the first time, I couldn't believe what I was feeling and experiencing from the power of place. And it really, I, I, I can say that that experience really shook me and made me understand on a very deep level the importance of place and the importance of sitting and doing our sadhana or spiritual practice at these sites. Exactly, Kushi, you are uh, saying it, but this is also the magic about a pilgrimage. This is the mystery because it is you are you personal pil your pilgrim with your intention and your capability everyone has its own magic on a pilgrimage you were describing your uh, experience in Bodhgaya and it is 
it is not unusual because the places are so powerful. And if you are now able to open for such a place, in means in doing nothing and being full of gratitude, you also were mentioning it, full of gratitude to such a place where such a happening took place and such a wonderful being got enlightened and you just open for it and you connect with it by opening yourself for it and you are still within yourself you become still and then the understanding arises slowly what happened on such places that the buddha described anicca dukkha anatta that everything is just so impermanent and that it is so much suffering because of our non-understanding and that these being sitting there is so non-self and the understanding on such places grow and this makes it really magic to travel and, and experience and pilgrim from one place to the other and, and gives the power of a pilgrimage. You, you get it by sitting down and opening and practicing your uh, technique, your method, which you are, which you learned. I'm, I'm guiding mostly vipassana meditators so they sit down and observe their bodily sensations and and reaching an open awareness and then you start to connect with the places full of gratitude it flows a deeper understanding samaditi it's called in the pali language it grows so fast and this is the, 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 the gift you will get on each and every place. But every pilgrim will experience it in a different way. There is not, um, I, I cannot tell you what will happen when we travel to Bodh Gaya, where the Buddha got enlightened, because I do not want to um, uh, for rise any expectations. So it is your personal connection to the place which is definitely strong and it is your experience. It might be, you might get very high on your experience, but you might also feel very uh, shaken or um, confused after your first connection to such places because they are so strong. So whatever it is, it is a part of your pilgrimage experience, which you can compare to a meditation retreat, actually, on, while you move. Usually we go in one place and retreat in a meditation center, in an ashram, in a temple. But here we are moving, but having the same experience in a progressively deeper experience of what happened on such places and what do these pointings really mean by experiencing them um, what this teacher were pointing to so we we get it and we deeply understand it and this is so rich that most pilgrims can uh, benefit from it for the rest of their life in their daily practice this is, again, one of the main reasons to go on a pilgrimage because you get such a rich 
gift of inspiration, motivation, energy, understanding, confidence, and uh, deep, deep trust, and mm-hmm. um, that you can much easier continue to practice in your daily life and and going deeper and deeper in the understanding till you reach uh, maybe your uh, the highest goal mm. it's motivating yeah. deeply for the rest of your life or lives i can yeah. see a big change in everyone before and after the pilgrimage and how many emails I got and messages and what changed and how inspiring it was, but very individual. So we, we, we are going in a group, but each one group goes in a personal process depending on one's understanding, package one is carrying, karma, so to say but we are traveling together with like-minded people, which is very supportive because we are like a protected bubble traveling together, each one in one's own process. And with my little support and um, guiding, I can serve you in doing this process without any disturbance. Let's say we find good accommodations, we have good food, which I also feel very important to have a good bed, protected place, good food, so that we can, that we are fit, very important requirement, that we are bodily fit, mentally fit to go on such a pilgrimage. Yeah, and you know, this is a point I really want to talk to you about is, you know, before even the preparation for the pilgrimage, how does one even know where to go? Or how, you know, of course, if you're in a certain tradition, maybe you're drawn to the Buddhist circuit or you're drawn to, if you're in the yogic tradition, you're drawn to the Himalayas or certain places like this. But, you know, how do you know within yourself whether to go alone, whether to go with a group, where to go and when to go? Do you know, how do you know when you're ready (laughs) <laughs> this is the moment. I mean, I've been thinking about it. It's year after year. It's, it's like the impulse is there. And then now I feel prepared enough to go. This is again very individual. And you, as you were t- uh, telling us, uh, you were pulled to the Himalayas for you were not really clear for what reason. Other might get pulled to a pilgrimage path in Europe, a Christian pilgrimage path. This is very individual and you will feel because you get clearly uh, pulled to some place. You don't even know why, but you might go. But what I highly recommend is to check if you bring four qualities, which the Buddha also recommends. Mm-hmm. And this is that you uh, are aware why you're going on a pilgrimage. So you found a place, it's pulling you, the Himalayas. And now before you just book a plane ticket and fly to the Himalayas or to Europe, or you go on a nature trekking route in the US, see that you check yourself why 
am I going? What is my motivation to do so? So that will give you already the right in mindset. So you can uh, investigate your intention because it needs some energy and effort to leave for a pilgrimage, if it's a trekking path or a European pilgrimage path or the Himalayas or any other place. So see where this um, motivation and uh, inspiration comes from. What is the intention behind? So yeah. be aware. Or in the yogic path, we call this sankalpa, right? So that sankalpa creates that foundation for, usually it's a sankalpa for if you want to do a 40-day practice or you're looking to go into a deeper integration of the practice in your daily life, you have to retreat a little bit. You have to go away from your, you know, daily concerns and daily life. And before you do that, you set your intention for why it is. And that intention you know, for, for me personally, I know for you also, it kind of, it's like an antenna. It, it just pulls the vibrations towards you of all of the supporting mechanisms, the protecting mechanisms, those unseen and seen beings that, you know, kind of appear on your path to, to help make things a bit smoother, make these kind of serendipitous things happen along the way. But it comes from seeding it in your mind first, right? That first karma of the right intention, the right, like you're saying, the right, be clear about your motivation, be clear about the seed that you're planting before you start your pilgrimage or any intensive sadhana period. That will be very helpful. Mm. The, the, that's exactly uh, what one should do first. Mm. I mean, you can come and join the pilgrimage groups I'm guiding. I'm getting you into it because you know, as you were going uh, with me together a couple of times or many yeah. times, meanwhile, you know that some are really, they can't even tell us why they came for a pilgrimage. So now we have to help them in a quick period of time to get into it, which mostly works after a couple of days. They arrive into the pilgrimage but they could have started right away from the beginning this valuable time of being let's say in india on the footsteps of the buddha in the preparation of checking out the intention behind go of going onto a pilgrimage that's a very a very important requirement and very helpful the second is that you are um, bodily fit. So yeah. it's really important to come and go uh, with a um, yeah, body which is fit enough to travel. That's almost necessary. Otherwise, we find some other way for going into a deeper motivation and inspiration process but going on a physical pilgrimage requires bodily fitness that's yeah. very important for your yeah. preparation along the 
away, right? There's so many, you know, you don't know, <laughs> especially if you're traveling in India, right? You know, that you're, you're exposed to so many things, new things, new environment. So many of the people that we had on, on your pilgrimage were, you know, they'd never even been to India before. So complete new exposure for their senses, for their immune systems, and to make sure that you have that ability and adaptability, flexibility in your body, in your mind to, you know, go through a lot of these challenges. You won't always like what you experience and it won't always be, even with a guide, a, a wonderful guide such as you, it's, it's not always smooth and there's definitely so many storms that arise. So at the very least having, a, you know, a fit, healthy body, we don't mean like super fit, you know, you just to know that you're healthy, you take care of your immune system, you understand that you're going on a longer journey that is very different from the comforts of your home and your daily life. Um, yeah, I definitely, I can definitely attest to, to that one as well. It's important. And the third requirement is uh, to establish a right awareness while you are traveling. It's not a holiday. It's, it's, it's not like uh, relaxing and, and uh, yeah, doing these pleasure kind of things of uh, going to a beach and hanging out half a day in a coffee place or going for a dance uh, and stuff it is now a, a journey where you need a certain clear awareness a right awareness a right concentration this will help you to go into your pilgrimage experience to become a real pilgrim if you want to do a holiday you better choose a holiday kind of adventurous trip or pleasure uh, trip or um, uh, whatever kind of uh, tour. But if you really want to go on a pilgrimage, awareness and concentration and right awareness and right concentration is, um, is a very uh, important requirement. And... Um, the fourth one is connected with the third requirement, awareness, and that you during the journey that you are aware that this awareness is establishing, that you don't lose it all the time. So you try to establish awareness and you try to maintain this awareness during your pilgrimage experience, which is quite easy after the first week because you, you get into it. It has a certain kind of energy being a pilgrim on a pilgrimage. So this awareness level is rising. So maintain it don't get distracted too much by all these outer circumstances it might be noise it might be a hard bed it might be a too soft bed it might be the food it might be other pilgrims around you which do not behave like you feel a pilgrim should behave it might be a long bus ride a temperature 
it might be a, a disappointed uh, expectation because you thought um, Bodhgaya, the place of enlightenment, is such a decent, silent place, and suddenly you come and see um, Buddhist um, pilgrims from all over the world, from so many countries, performing their understanding of practicing the teaching of the Buddha, which is not the same as you are doing or practicing it. So you, you need to be very flexible. And what helps you to be flexible and maintaining your intentions and your um, uh, fostering your understanding, it is awareness and yeah. establishing the awareness. These four uh, requirements are the most important. The awareness of why I'm going, the bodily fitness, the establishing of awareness, and the maintaining of awareness. Mm -hmm. These four requirements will guarantee you a wonderful pilgrimage experience. This awareness, uh, you know, limits your kind of distractions, like you were saying, limits the sense pleasures also, because it's difficult. Maybe you want to just go back into this tourist kind of mode, but also it creates this, you know, in so much of our practice and in the practices across all traditions is a sense of deep tolerance, deep respect for all beings. Like you're saying, there are many people who practice many different things all around you. And I find that we always, you know, when we get onto a path, we become convinced that this is it, that all others, what they're doing is wrong. You know, we got the path. This is the one and only <laughs> way. And therefore, what others are doing, it's kind of lesser than. So to sure. understand that everybody is working and moving towards you know harmony in their own specific way they all all of us are in our own karmic stream and that right. element of tolerance then you know that deepening of your awareness in to being tolerant being compassionate right we always talk about compassion and love and forgiveness it starts with you know when you'd have the awareness when you accept what is going on around you when you have respect for the places and people around you. And that then begins to open, like you're saying, opening. What are we opening? The heart opening to compassion for all beings, all sentient beings, you know, um, is one of uh, such a beautiful gift that a pilgrimage gives to you because you are out of your normal life and involved, immersed in a different culture, different experience, different rites and rituals all around you. And to, you know, uh, you always recommend that in your pilgrimages, be open, you know, uh, watch what's happening around you, observe before you react or before you create judgments of what is going on around you. And that really helps to that that maintenance of the awareness and the deepening of the awareness so you're not also distracted by your own mind constructs totally right kushi and you were naming them already because you will uh, develop your virtues your qualities mm -hmm. in in sanskrit it's paramitas mm -hmm. and pali word is paramis and the Buddha was explaining 10 qualities, 10 virtues. Virtues, is that the correct word? Mm -hmm. uh, and you will um, work 
automatically or foster these qualities like renunciation. You went on a pilgrimage. That means you you need to practice renunciation. Your comfort, which you know from your place at home, will be a different one than on a pilgrimage. Your bed might be more simple. Your room, your food, the travel. So you need to renounce, which is a very important requirement for this opening. And mm. your tolerance, uh, you were naming the tolerance, and your compassion and loving kindness will grow. Your wisdom will grow. Your understanding of truth, your mm. aditan, your uh, determination of following up your process during a pro pilgrimage, because it's challenging once in a while and here and there. It's not only easy and smooth and you are on cloud seven traveling along the places of a holy person. It is also challenging. So deep complexes will pop up and you have to uh, observe and keep them in, 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 in check during a pilgrimage with your tools, which you learned already before you came. So all these qualities, dana, giving dana, so donations to the Vipassana meditation centers we are visiting, or to a shrine, or into a temple, or going to a Buddhist um, monastery. So all these 10 virtues, you will foster and let them grow so fast on a pilgrimage, that is also a very important part of it. Yeah, the, I love what you said about, you know, the challenges that arise on the path, because when we read the stories of an enlightened one or a yogi or a master or a saint, it's always when they've reached the goal and the teachings that they shared. And for me, you know, at least I always like to read the story before they reach the goal, like why all of the challenges they faced, all of the experiences and the, the hindrances in their own mind, inner, outer hindrances that come across, you know, walking the path and how difficult it is to swim against the stream, to go against the stream of society, of way of life, of complacency, of certain ways uh, that are set by you know the structures around us and to to really be a revolutionary in that way and i feel like you know on a personal level a, a pilgrimage is a, is a really a pilgrimage is a tr truly like a inner revolution inner transformation because you have to experience these challenges and some of these challenges you'll never experience in your day-to-day -day life. They can only come up in a, in a situation where you are plucked out of your home and placed into a, a new environment with this intention that's so important, with this awareness that's so important and that you are fostering, that you're holding deeply as you know your, your closest friend and you walk with that as best as you can. And then you really understand, oh my God, these masters, they struggled so much. They they had so, you know, I, I feel like some pilgrims might experience their family members or friends saying like, hey, are you crazy? What are you doing this pilgrimage for? Why are you flying all the way here or there? And, you know, what is the purpose of this? You have this nice job or nice, you know, place and why to leave all this to go and do the silly stuff? So to, you know, to have to face this challenge, to face and say yes, you know, to number one, to say yes to it is, uh, I feel like the ball gets rolling now. Once you say yes 
to that inner impulse, then things start, like you said, you place it from the beginning of the pilgrimage, how you start, what, how you know you're prepared, how to move forward, how to protect and, and feel as though you can walk this path. And then you find yourself uh, in unknowns. And in these unknowns, you really begin to learn so much about your practice and who you are in relation to your practice. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is transforming you. This is the transformation. This is why I can tell every pilgrim, when you go back home, you will be a different person. And so many things will have changed. Nothing will be changed there. You are changed so much. And this will have an effect on your environment and uh, people around you. Don't get scared, I have to add then. It is a wholesome change. Mm. Even if you lose your job, you come back home, there is a letter, you are fired. Don't <laughs> get don't get upset with it. It is a change for good. It's another challenging. The pilgrimage goes on. Mm. I mean, it has an after wave, a long one. It has a tail, a long tail into your daily life where you will see all what your transformation changes your life and your environment profoundly. It's your, you, in a very short time, let's say the last pilgrimages I was leading, they are 22 days, mm -hmm. which is a relatively short period of time. But because of all that, what we already mentioned, it goes so deep, it brings such a deep transformation in your understanding, mainly your understanding, the qualities which were growing, and this will have such an effect on your daily life and uh, your personal practice when you keep on going home, doing your yoga, your meditation, your uh, keeping also maintain, also maintaining your awareness only limited to the uh, let's say units of your practice your formal practice no now you learned also on the pilgrimage to maintain we were saying this is the fourth requirement of maintaining awareness so suddenly you see that you are even in between your formal practice of yoga, meditation, whatever spiritual practice you choose. And then you see that there is a bridge now, a solid bridge of awareness between your formal practices. And a totally, uh, let's say, um, uh, or profound, deeper understanding, which gives you a much more solid uh, foundation or how you move now in your daily life and your daily practice mm. this is the gift you get when you go and leave the pilgrimage which is also a uh, kind of an interesting experience stepping out of this deep bubble of pilgrimage experience as a pilgrim but you have such a strong tool now on your side. All this understanding, all this motivation, all this inspiration is with you. And this brings the transformation of yourself 
into a daily life, which is very important that it is not just an adventure of a pilgrimage and what you all experience, you found, you saw the places, you heard the stories uh, which the guide was telling you about this, about the places and what was taught in which place. Now you get something which you can take and you will have it forever. Yeah. This is my, uh, yeah, this is my um, biggest um, gift I get as a pilgrimage guide, seeing you going home with such a nice um, gift, with such a big uh, present, and you <laughs> keep on keeping the present with you and you see what happens next and then I get an email, a message, a phone call and this is so wonderful because this is the magic of a pilgrimage. This is the power of a pilgrimage. It's magical, it's powerful while you are a pilgrim on a pilgrimage but the real magic comes after the pilgrimage. Wow. You're really making me want to go on pilgrimage again. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Let's go. Everyone ready? <laughs> yeah, I can't wait, Koshi, to um, go on pilgrimages in a real pilgrimages again. But it's not possible at the moment. It's difficult in any part of the world. We cannot fly to India. We cannot meet in, in Spain to go with people from different countries. We have to be patient and we have to wait and we see how things will go on. But I could start tomorrow, yeah. <laughs> I'm missing it. it. Uh, it's such a gift to, um, to know you and to have been on these experiences with you. So much of my practice and my way of life and, and sharing has deepened specifically because of this pilgrimage, because I think so much of what we understand, what you're saying, wisdom comes through experience. And experience is what really transforms what these words, these theoretical words into your own lived experience in your body that when you close your eyes, those memories, those feelings, the inner <laughs> wisdom of the experience of how you overcame your challenges during this pilgrimage, it, it gives you so much strength, you know? And uh, that's what the Buddha says, courage and enthusiasm, right? And I feel pilgrimage 100% gives you both. Lots of courage, lots of inner strength, lots of feeling like, yeah, I can overcome these challenges of life. Highs and lows are there, but that equanimity, that base of equanimity is established. And of course, for me, that enthusiasm, and I hope you all can feel that from you know what Yearn is sharing, this immense joy and uh, you know excitement and motivation to continue your path continue walking your path no matter what and um, you know like Yern is saying we're not able to to go on pilgrimage now but I know Yern you have some interesting ways now now we have to adapt as human beings and you have some interesting ways that we can go on a pilgrimage with you can you please share some something about this yeah yeah, because I, I feel like this idea of a pilgrimage should be practiced. Mm. Even if we can't travel physically. And I was spending the last four and a half months in a 
Buddhist nunnery here in South Germany and serving the nuns and uh, helping them through the winter, which was a wonderful time. And uh, they had never been in India. They could never travel along the path of the Buddha, which is their great teacher. So uh, I was preparing a virtual pilgrimage for them. And uh, this was such a success. I could see that uh, lots of these benefits, which we were just talking about it, could really, uh, could really be compressed in a little online pilgrimage it was spread about five weeks every week we had at least one place mm. one or more places and i could see how this idea of the pilgrimage how the motivation inspiration the attention the nuns were bringing were leading to a really successful pilgrimage experience which motivates me to continue with such online or virtual pilgrimages. I'm working on the um, technical details so that I can present though to all of you who are interested to go on a pilgrimage with the feeling of a pilgrimage, with meditation units, with seeing the sites, with listening to the sites, uh, getting stories about the places. So I like to take uh, interested people, practitioners, everyone who wants to go and feels ready to follow on a pilgrimage to show and introduce you to places like, for example, I would start because that's my topic and my, uh, yeah, my, my thing, go, taking you along the footsteps of the Buddha in an online virtual presentation, for example, here on Zoom. But I'm also preparing uh, other ideas of how to practice the idea of a pilgrimage um, in, a, um, in a seminar as soon as we can meet again. How can we go into a forest, into a weekend, into the mountains to feel the nature? Because the Buddha is not... Is not teaching anything else than the essence of the nature. So how can we go and experience the essence of the nature, being in the nature and being and feeling it within ourselves? So I'm, I'm now working on how to continue the ideas and the qualities of a pilgrimage without traveling physically so far. That will make it, that gives also the option and makes it possible for any, for everyone who likes to get in such experience to join. First of all, it will be uh, along the path pilgrimage, let's say in four chapters uh, every week, one, so that we can uh, see the places, feel the places, listen to what happened to the places and um, get a little idea. And once it is physically possible, we can go again to these countries. Once it is limited, we can do a little pilgrimage in the US, we can do a little pilgrimage uh, in the countries wherever you live. We can meet in Germany with those who are around here in Central Europe. 
there are opportunities and possibilities and uh, I'm, I'm working on it. Wow, I'm in. I like to share my experience with others. Yeah, and I hope all of you can feel how much Yarn is living the Dharma through what he shares and how much that knowledge, that wisdom, that experience comes through him. There's really, I can't speak enough about what a fantastic guide he is in his own practice, a wonderful storyteller, a deeply, deeply respectful, uh, you know, practitioner of all traditions. And um, that really is why he is my dear brother. And I hope that you will join, uh, you know, one of these virtual pilgrimages. I definitely will. And Yern, you know, I know that they're in the works, but how can people contact you and just get on a list or they can let me know, but how can they get in contact with you specifically to just, you know, stay informed about this really incredibly rare opportunity for all people you cannot travel, you're not physically able to travel, you don't have the financial support to travel. Now we are saying because of this yearns creativity that's coming up to share and to keep serving all beings, creating this virtual pilgrimage for all those who are interested. How can they contact you? Yeah, uh, you can get an idea what I did in the past uh, going on my website which is not up to date and it is not the future project, but you get an idea about pilgrimages, you get some nice images, photos, etc. Mm -hmm. If you are going to visit the, the website dhamma-yatra.com, you mm -hmm. might That's write it down somewhere. D-H-A-M-M-A-Yatra, Y-A-T-R-A.com. I'll also write it in the information underneath that podcast episode. Please, or you send me an email on yarn.materne at gmail.com mm -hmm. and I collect your contact and uh, yeah, send out a newsletter as soon as I get ready and we can start to go on a pilgrimage please Kushi, uh, you share my my gmail contact with your friends and family yes everyone who's listening i know a lot of you have maybe never even considered taking a pilgrimage or now maybe the seed has been sown and in, in those of you who are listening or even those of you who had the motivation before you can see and hear from two lived experiences right here, what a profound and deep experience it is to walk a path that is, you know, motivating you for this transformation within yourself. That is a very a, a unusual experience in our in our day-to-day -day life as human beings. So I hope you will all join Yearn. I will be there for sure. <laughs> and uh, thank you so much, brother. So nice to talk to you. I'm so grateful that you were able to share with people and to listen to what you had to give in terms of your service that you've been doing for so many years. Thank you so much, Kushi. Thank you everyone for listening. And uh, yeah, I'm hoping I, I will see you soon again, Kushi, you and also your friends and all the family who is listening. Thank you so much for giving your time. Thank you.
All right. Take care, everybody. Until the next episode. See you soon. Bye-bye. Sabko bahut bahut dhanyawad. Really a warm thank you to all of those who tuned in for today's episode of Atha Yoga Anusasanam. If you like what you heard, maybe you'll consider subscribing to this podcast as well as donating so that future episodes can occur. You can donate via PayPal at www.paypal.me/kushyoga. K H U S H Y O G A or via Venmo at Kush Yoga. If you'd like to share with me your thoughts and suggestions about this podcast, if you have any questions for me or suggestions for future episodes of Atha Yoga Anushasanam, please feel free to email me at kushyoga at gmail.com. As always, please stay in touch. You can do so via Instagram at Kushface, via some free yoga and meditation on my YouTube channel at Kush Yoga, as well as my website www.kushyoga.com. On the website, don't forget to check out my new Chakra e-course, where you can go ahead and dive in together to the different subtle energy channels along the spine. Until next time my friends it's been a real pleasure I'm your host Kushi Malhotra and let's see what happens next bye bye